welcome to Middle Church. Please join me in reading the invitation to worship found in your order of service. We'll read responsively. We've gathered together in the presence of God. The creator of our world and everything in it. The one who is never far away from any of us. Amen. All right, my young friends, I am spreading the blanket for you. Young and young at heart are invited to join us. Can you help me, Zane? Thanks, buddy. We're going to get all four corners of our blanket spread today. Leslie's got another corner. Thank you. Thank you. As our friends come up, let's find a seat on the blanket. And, oh, I'm so glad I have We Care friends and a reading age friend as well up here. Benicio's coming. We are in the month of May. And as we round out the month of May, we're continuing to celebrate Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders and their culture and traditions and contributions all throughout the United States. So I have someone really special I want to tell you about today. I have her picture at two different ages right here. Her name is Grace Lee Boggs. Can you say it for me? Grace, Grace Lee Boggs. Excellent. Look, here she's younger. And here she's older. Can you guess how old she might be in this picture? 36. 36? Okay. <laughs> Maybe 36 in that picture. How old do you think she's in that one? Yeah. 92 is a good guess because she lived to be 100 years old. Yeah. She was born in Rhode Island, not too far from here, to Chinese immigrant parents. But she spent most of her life in Detroit, Michigan. And in Detroit, she did a lot of important work. She grew and built communities. She advocated and fought for black power, for feminism, for labor rights, for Asian American rights, and for the environment. And she cared so much about kids connecting with the environment. She thought kids, just like you people, could learn a lot about themselves and about their communities by growing things, by planting vegetables and seeing them grow up in places that people might have forgotten about. So my challenge to you this week is to look for where there might be some gardens. There might be some gardens growing in your neighborhood. Maybe you could even find a neighbor and say, hey, can I help you water your tomato plant? And maybe in a few months, you might even be able to pick a tomato off that plant to eat. Yes. At my uncle's house, we helped him grow some plants. I love that. So, Leslie, that's exactly what I'm looking for you to do. Help your uncle, help your friends and neighbor to make your community a place that new life can spring up. And that will be continuing the work and legacy of Grace Leap Box. So for our closing prayer, since Dominic is our reader on the stage, we got some pre-readers and a reader, 
Can you read these two quotes from Grace Lee Boggs? And we're going to let those be our closing prayer. You don't choose the times you live in, but you do choose who you want to be. And you do choose how you think. Mmm, amen. Okay, this is our last one right here. This is going to be like our prayer we can say amen to at the end. We are the leaders we have been looking for. Amen. Amen. May it be so, young leaders. May it be so. Let's sing Sia Humba. Hello, middle family. How are you doing today? It's gorgeous outside. I say we just dismiss ourselves. <laughs> Go on the front lawn and do church outside. What do you say? Uh, my name's Jackie Lewis. Um, if you're here for the very first time, a special welcome from me and our board. We're so glad you're here. Uh, why don't you raise your hand, keep them up while we greet you so we can say hello. Hello um, for, the, for the first time. Yay! Where, where are you from? Okay, New York, but now Delaware. Welcome home. Where are you from? New York. Starts spreading the news. Did I miss anybody over here? Where are you from? Where are you from? Hello, Philadelphia. We're glad you're here. Anybody else? Where are you guys from? France? France. Um, bienvenue. We're glad you're here. Okay. Um, where are you from in the balcony? France. France, I'll see. We're glad you're here. Terrible French. Je vous dis la même chose. That's what I got. We're glad you're here. And let's wave to our folks who are online. Some of them are on the beach, getting ready for their barbecues. We're so glad to see you. Um, thank you so much for coming. We want to be able to stay in touch with you and invite you to connect to our community. So the ushers have given you a card, but there's this lovely green card. If you'll just give us your name and email, that's all we need. No social security number, no credit card. Just name and email that we can add you to our distribution uh, channel and invite you deeper into the community. We'd love to have you connect. Even from across the pond, you can connect to us. Uh, let me tell you a couple of highlights for today. Um, one is Sunday, June 2nd is our umpteenth annual gospel choir concert. Woo! How many years, John? 33 years. Okay, I said that with a lot of energy. Suggested donation, $20. Your donations go to make the music happen. So come and be with us. Um, they're honoring Jerice Johnson, who founded the choir. We'll be so excited to have you see the piece that we've put together to honor Jerice. Uh, June 9, Pentecost potluck. Uh, we are going to have just some fellowship time after each worship. We're inviting you to bring... <coughs> bring something from your culture to feed a family of eight to ten people. Like for me, I would bring sweet potato pie. That's from my culture. We also want to invite you to dress in your cultural garb. 
So we celebrate Asian history, we celebrate black history, we celebrate Latino Asian history, we celebrate white history, because we celebrate history. Somebody say amen. Some of my choir friends said earlier, I don't know what ethnicity I am. So if you're not sure, just wear red. But wear something fun. Wear your pleated garb or your sash or, you know, whatever comes from your culture. Finally, on June 19th at 6 o'clock, we're having a special celebration with Union Theological Seminary. June 10th is June 19th. That's the day that the final Africans found out that they had been liberated. So we're celebrating both black liberation and LGBTQ liberation on Juneteenth with some art and some dance and some music and you. So we hope that you'll come and be with us, okay? I'm allergic, but I'm happy. Tide of is singing. There's going to be amazing music and it's a fundraiser for all things LGBTQ. So come hang out. Okay, oh, bar butterfly volunteers. Can anybody help deliver food this afternoon? Just need two, three. You're praying about it, Allie will help. Allie, going once, who else can help Allie? Okay, great, thank you, thanks, Kendra. Woo, okay, this is our Pfeiffer. Thank you guys so much. Say hello to the back room right after worship. Thank you, thank you so much. Okay. Let us continue to worship God with our prayers. Thank you, Jackie. Good morning, everyone. Actually, before we move into a time of prayer, we have a special um, presentation from the consistory. So I'm going to invite Darren up here now. Psych. Thank God I'm not singing in the choir. <laughs> Um, if you could bring your chocolatey goodness up here, please. Chocolatey goodness. That's the sounds of our, 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 our upcoming rap album. It does. <laughs> chocolatey goodness and delicious mediocre. Okay. All right. So, in honor of the 60th birthday of the amazing Reverend Dr. Jackie Lewis, we celebrate a woman who can part the Red Sea. As a child, you dreamt of a healed world the night that King was died, was killed. Hiding under your bed, bullets flying overhead. Jackie, you knew you were called to work for racial justice. You're the first woman and the first African-American senior minister in the collegiate church's nearly 400 history, and you are great at it. See, there's strength in your core that is unmatched. Jackie, you're formed by the faith of your ancestors who knew God in their weary years and silent tears, yet God's mighty hand led them into the light and it still leads you today, Jackie. Into these 60 years, into every text, into every word, and into every song, you pour your heart into healing this world. Where others see barriers, you, see, you create pathways and build bridges, inviting your congregation. We wore hoodies after Trayvon Martin was murdered. We did a die-in in the street after Eric Gardner was murdered. To cultivate how we create more multiracial spaces and have care frontally that's not a word. Conversations. <laughs> Carefrontational. That was middleized. Uh, <laughs> um, where the world sees apathy, Jackie, you see possibility. You create ways to talk about multicultural, multiracial spaces, to invite the outcast in, to preach like a prophet your entire life. See, so you rise up for marriage equality at every opportunity. Singing protest songs at City Hall and in Albany. You've been arrested, sister, fighting for health care. 
confronting the brokenhearted, guiding a refugee denied at our southern border, and you have the audacity to get the border agents to convince them to come in. Jackie, you're bad. <laughs> see, you see, what's not spoke, you, you see what's not always spoken. You offer easy humor and effusive praise. We call you the queerest straight black woman in America, and honey, it's true. <laughs> see, you may be the reason why the word sass was created, a revolutionary lover calling us into a bold new thing, creating worship that is art, where voices are heard, bodies are seen, all are loved, exactly as we are. Auntie, invoking the divine in all of us. Jackie, we thank God for your life, lived here as our pastor, in red lipstick, fitted leather pants, and a sexy red heel. For a generation of children to think their pastor looks like God, they think God looks like a beautiful black woman. Happy birthday, Jackie. Now, so these words were, that's from the consistory. So that's from the consistory from someone who calls you auntie. I want you to know you the epitome of a Proverbs 30 woman breast. 30 woman, Proverbs 30, Proverbs 31 woman. Whew. Did you say something about my breasts? I, well, those are, those are amazing too. Thank God for your body. <laughs> I pray that your table's always filled with fine china. May your dishes be overflowing with good sustaining food. May you be surrounded by people that you love and trust and may your cup never be empty. Jackie, we love you, we honor you, and may the next 60 be just as great. Birthday is Wednesday, so we're going to celebrate Jackie all week. And now I will invite you into a continued time of worship and prayer. If you will find a posture that's comfortable for you and close your eyes if you are comfortable as we go to God in prayer. Holy and loving God, as we sit amid the chaos of this city, the clutter in our minds, the celebrations of birthdays and milestones, 
the dysfunction of our country. We also sit among your Holy Spirit. We need your Spirit God swirling around us, through us, over and under us. Because in your Spirit, there is life and hope and possibility. We breathe in and out your spirit. Last Sunday, we came together and one of our preachers led us in grieving the attacks on reproductive justice and healthcare by recent abortion bans in Alabama. But then on Tuesday, in a powerful display of our public commitment to you, God, whose essence is freedom, we stood on these very front steps singing that we who believe in freedom will not rest until it comes. Moments like those give us hope to move forward. As one young woman whispered to me after the rally, hope, she said, that she felt for the first time in years. As transgender siblings are under attack once again, threatening to lose rights to homeless shelters and health care, we need to see signs of hope and spirit this week. Open our eyes so we might see. Spur us forward that we might be the hope. We celebrate our pastor Bertram, who married the man he loves last night in a place he dearly loves, God's church. We ask for blessings on their union and their life together. Tomorrow we remember, hold close, some we have loved who may not be with us anymore. And at the same time, we lament that war and fighting are ever means by which we exist together on this planet. Show us a different way, O oh God. Your purpose, just, envisions mortals free. God set our path toward human liberty. With truth and love, guide us through error's maze, and we shall give you glory, laud and praise. May it be so, God of the ages. May it be so. Amen. As you are able, I invite you to stand now and hold the hand or the shoulder of someone you're close to. And we will say together the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, which is printed also in your bulletin. Let's pray it together now. Ever-loving and holy God, hallowed be your name.
Friends, peace is a gift that we have to give one another. Let's pass peace with each other now. May the peace of God be with you, also with you.
We, we got to hear that uh, piece at 9.30, and it's even more beautiful this time. That was just stunning, you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tammy. Thank you, Claire. I don't know if you know that the, that the Middle Church Choir shows up on Sunday morning and, like, reads the music like a newspaper. And <laughs> it's really kind of quite phenomenal. So it just snaps to you. And thanks to, Snappy, to, thanks to Tammy's conducting and Sniffy's playing. Thank you. Um, guys, the scripture today is from uh, the book of Revelation. Uh, I, I used to be really afraid of this book when I was a little kid. Anybody? Why would you read that scary book? Dragons and bad things. But beautiful, beautiful also. So some selections from chapter 21 and 22, verse 10 in chapter 21 and a few verses from 22. What it says in the bulletin isn't exactly what I'm going to do, so you could please read those two chapters at home. I'd love to invite you to do that. And then I'll, pick, I'll, I'll read these nice verses for you. And then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. God will dwell with them as their God. They will be God's people. And God will be with them. God will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God is its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no more night. People will bring into the city the glory and the honor of the nations, but nothing unclean will enter it, nor anyone who practices abomination or falsehood, only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You say a prayer with me. God, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We need to hear from you. So open our ears and open our hearts and open our minds that what you have for us will be for us this day. A bomb in Gilead. Amen. The Bible is a weird and wonderful book. It is... Feminists say script for life. But it is parable, it is myth, it is law, it is story, it is vivid imagination, 
It's the theology of a people seeking their God. It is hyperbole. It is metaphor. It is grace. And it has a word for us. It is vision cast by people hoping that they were following the path that their God had laid out for them. I have to admit, the older I get, the more I read the Bible with a hermeneutic of suspicion, through the lens of suspicion. Any of the texts that are like woo-woo and out there and not about love, I really wrestle with them, and I think, that's good, I get paid to do that. But I also, I think, the older I get, cling to some texts that are especially about God's love that never ends. I really cling and cleave to the texts about peace and hope and joy, and I am absolutely inspired by these texts about vision, about a tomorrow where everything that is broken will be fixed. And those texts are all the way through the prophets. Joel, Hosea, Micah, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Malachi, Zechariah. Whoever read Zechariah growing up? Mark Renstrom and me and, okay, five, six, seven, okay, eight, ten. Ten people read the book of Zechariah growing up, right, Tammy? It's a little book in the prophets where this picture of tomorrow is about Old people walking around the streets in canes, and they're safe. No motorcycles are going to knock them over. And the old people that are sitting in the streets with their canes or rocking on the houses or watching the kids play, and the kids are playing safely because everything is all right. Everything is all right. Isaiah talks about what's old becoming new. I'm about to do a new thing. Can you not perceive it? Joel talks about the Spirit coming down with such force and power and abundance that even children, boys and girls, will prophesy, speak the truth about tomorrow because there's so much Spirit. And this text inside this scary book, this text is about John of Patmos' vision that the horrific circumstances in which he found himself Nero's reign, empire time, new Christians, finally called Christians, being persecuted for what they believe, a sense that there was a war, a tug of war, the temple had been destroyed, and fire and brimstone, and now there was no temple. John is writing this beautiful vision that he got from God about a tomorrow, a tomorrow when the home of God would be inside the people. You don't have a temple? That's okay. God is making God's dwelling place in you. You don't have a tabernacle anymore that you're carrying across the desert. It's okay. God lives inside the people. God makes God's dwelling house inside the people. All the people are God's people, the prophecy says. And God will dwell with them as their God, and they will be God's people in a new covenant, in a new relationship. Death will be no more. Crying will be no more. Pain will be no more. Because God is making all things new. And the things that caused pain, the things that caused tears, the things that caused death have passed away. It's Memorial Day tomorrow. I come from a military family. 
dad in the Air Force, two brothers in the Army. I've watched them mourn people killed in war. John is prophesying a time when there's no more war, therefore there's no more death. There's no more enmity, there's no more suffering, there's no more boundaries to fight over, therefore there's no more death. There's no more, this is my stuff and that's your stuff and let's make tariffs to make more money or less money and therefore there's no more fighting. He's prophesying a time when the glory of God is so profound in the midst of the people, the Shekinah glory, the girl-neighbor love, the female-neighbor love we've talked about, is so profound in all of us, we don't even need streetlights because the glory is so provocatively plain. I will be your God and you will be my people, all of you. This is the revolution about which John was dreaming. This is the revolution to which the prophets point. And in every church, in every hamlet, town, village, city across the globe, people get that this is their mission. Their mission is to go and make disciples of all the nations. That's the church's generic mission statement. Go and make students of all the nations. Make students of this way, this new way, this love way. This love way that will end all wars, this love way that will disrupt all poverty and oppression. And so here at Middle Church, we've been listening to God call us out, call us in, in conversations and focus groups. Some of you stay for the congregational meetings. You've told us what you think and what you think you hear God saying to us. And we wrote it down because that's what staff are supposed to do. And it's in your bulletin every Sunday. Will you open your bulletin to the vision statement? It says Middle Church Vision Statement, right underneath God of the Ages. This is the piece of the big dream, the Isaiah, Jeremiah, Joel, Zechariah, John of Patmos, big dream that we think we're supposed to do on this corner, in this time, in this place. Visions are specific to now. Middle Collegiate Church is a multicultural, multi-ethnic, intergenerational movement of spirit and justice powered by revolutionary love. Put your fists up when I say revolutionary love. With room for all. Following in the way of Jesus' radical love and inspired by the prophets, read this next line with me. Middle church is called by God to do a bold new thing on the earth. Keep reading. We aim to heal the soul and the world by dismantling racist, classist, sexist, and homophobic systems of oppression. Let's go. Because our God is still speaking in many languages, we work in interreligious partnerships to uproot injustice, eradicate poverty, care for the brokenhearted, and build the reign of God on earth. Pause. Not parachute out of earth to heaven when you die. That might be awesome, <laughs> but we're trying to build heaven here on earth now, amen? Okay, let's keep going. This activism is fueled by our faith, our faith is expressed in art. Our arts and active prayer connecting us with the Holy Spirit. 
Middle Church affirms the transformative power of moral imagination, reclaiming and reframing Christianity inside our walls, on the street, and in virtual places around the globe. Friends online, if you're watching worship, you can find that vision statement under About Us. What, what do we believe? The vision statement is there, our vision, it says. So what does this mean? What does it mean to reclaim and reframe Christianity here and around the globe? It means taking Christianity back from hate. It means grabbing it back out of the jaws of the people who misunderstand Jesus. I feel a little sorry that they misunderstand Jesus, so I'm not trying to be mean that they misunderstand Jesus, but they misunderstand Jesus if they don't understand that Jesus was about love. If they mistakenly think that Jesus was about, who can I hate on today? Eh, wrong answer. If they think Jesus was about, who do I leave out of my congregation because I only want 25 or 30 of them to be with me, wrong answer. If they think Jesus, who was a Jew, is possibly anti-Semitic, that's a big old mistake with a big old red arrow. No. If they think Jesus would want children to be hungry while other people have more money than they can count, I think they've, made, they've misunderstood. They've misunderstood Christian. They've misunderstood Jesus. If they think Jesus wasn't about women speaking, standing up, having their rights, making the same money as men, and managing their own bodies. If they want to say something generic like the Bible says, but they can't point to it, first of all, walk away. <laughs> Unless you're ready to open up and show them some stuff. But if they want to say the Bible says, and they don't want to be particular about the fact that when a woman had been bleeding from her body for 12 years. Now, I don't want to gross you out, but before I had a hysterectomy, I had like six months of bad bleed. Like my fibroids were like, hello, let's bleed all the time. Six months of having to run out of here and get a new suit. Imagine 12 years of hemorrhaging. Men, can you imagine it? Women, you can imagine it. 12 years. And in her culture, in her time, that would have meant everyone saw her as unclean. Do not touch her. Do not be near her. Do not break bread with her. Do you understand? Ostracized for 12 years because her body was bleeding. Not her fault. What did Jesus do? Healed her. Just standing around, she touches the hem of his garment. That's how that story goes. And the love goes out of him. Just a touch of love heals her body and restores her place in culture. Those who believe that we need to over-legislate a woman's body misunderstand Jesus. Those who do not understand that pro-life must mean, should mean, let me make a list. Pro-life, yes, I love babies, so let's be pro-babies, okay? But let's be pro-grammar school-age children who have to hide under their desks when the guns come out. Let's be pro-life and anti-guns. Let's be, amen. Let's be pro-children having lead-free apartments. 
Let's be pro some clean drinking water in Flint and in Haiti. Let's be pro LGBTQ people dancing in a club and don't have to have guns shooting at them. Amen? Amen. Let's be pro black and brown trans women who are murdered just for being black and brown trans women. Let's be pro that life. If we're going to reframe and reclaim Christianity, we just have to dial it down to get to what Jesus is saying to us about what it means to be a Christian. I'm sorry, he didn't say Christian because he wasn't one. <laughs> Thank you. What he means by being faithful is to love God with everything we have and love our neighbors as ourselves. Love God with everything you have and love your neighbor as yourself. Middle church, this is your vision. You've put meat on that because what you're saying is to love my neighbor is to feed them. Let me, let me have some food. We used to have Oreo cookies when I got here. Oreo cookies and coffee are delicious but not nutritious. Amen? Let's feed people who you might not know that's the best nutrition they're going to get in a day. Let's build butterfly sandwiches and take them to the park. Let's work for a living wage and for time off. That's what you do to fulfill the love of your neighbor. Let's make sure that our children get out of cages and reunited with their families. That's what you do. Let's make sure that those people seeking sanctuary, asylum, because America put policies in place to make their darn houses and towns unsafe, let's make sure that we can still be the land of the free, operative word free, and the home of the brave. Let's make sure black and brown lives matter all the time, every day, 24-7, not just when the hashtag is popular. Let's make sure that our uh, police officers, our safety officers actually collaborate with us to keep us safe. Somebody say amen to that. Let's be sure, because we love our neighbor as ourselves, that not only Bertram and Jason, but every gay couple can get married, be married, stay married, raise a family, and be treated as though they are children of God because damn well they are. Amen? This is how you put meat on love God, love neighbor, love self. You put meat on love God, love neighbor, love self, with, with a vision that can see the eyes, see the world through the eyes of God. A vision that can see your neighbor as beloved and precious and vulnerable and needing our care. We are the only, and when I mean we, we I mean humankind. There is no work of God without hands, feet, and heartbeat of the folks on the ground. We are the love army. Amen. And the work that we're called to do is to multiply love every day, all the time. Not only what we do here at the church, but the way you be in the classroom, the way you be when you're doing therapy, the way you be when you're doing auditions, the way you be when you're raising children, the way you be when you're sitting at the temp desk, making some money until you get that next gig. The way we be human as part of the love army is the way we serve our God and grow the vision of God. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth because the old one had passed away and there was no more death and there were no more tears. Woo, aspirational, lofty. 
of course we're going to cry. We're going to cry because somebody says happy birthday and makes you feel squishy. We're going to cry because our babies walk for the first time. Or we're going to cry because our hearts are broken at the world's uh, situation. But this sense of an existential death, of the sense of a, a, a collective sigh of tears because the world is unjust, because the systems are broken and need to be repaired, John sees that we are agents of change, capable of making a healed and whole world. That's what gets me up in the morning. Our partnership, our collaboration with the holy, to fix what's broken, to make straight what's crooked, to make low what's high, and to lift up all the people, all the people everywhere, not just the Christian people, but all the people on a plane of love in relationship with our God. Are you signed up for that? Are you ready to do that? Do you want a revolution? Woo, woo, do you want a revolution? All right, middle family, I'm enlisting you in the love army today. Amen. And I'm one of your deacons here. And today I have been asked to come before you and invite you to join the movement. Easy peasy for me, easy peasy. You know why? Because I believe. I believe that God has called us to go out into the world and, 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 and bring his revolutionary and radical love into the world. And I see this in middle all the time. I see this uh, in the faces of our volunteers they go out into the street every, every Sunday with sandwiches and uh, taking God's radical and revolutionary love to the homeless and, and hungry. I see it in the faces of our children that we care as they are nurtured and guided to God's love, their God's revolutionary and radical love. I saw it the other day, right on the steps of Middle, when hundreds gathered to protest the assault on women's bodies and, re and, and reproductive rights. Um, love is put forth in the sermons here at Middle, in the activism of the members of the congregation at the border. And as love, love is shown by those who come through, love is shown to those who come through our doors, just as I did 18 years ago. So I ask you today, won't you come and join this movement? Won't you come and share your time and your treasure to grow and to go out into the world with the revolutionary and radical love of God from here at Middle Church? Someone will be here up at the, up at the uh, pulpit after church if you want to sign up. I invite you. I'm Dennis, and I'm one of your deacons here.
Gracious God, we ask that you will accept these gifts from us and that they will be used to go out into the world and carry your radical and revolutionary love into the world. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.
are my brother's babies. Rio and RJ, which means they're my babies too. And the reason we friends are called by God to do a bold new thing on the earth is for all the little people, for all the little ones, all the ones, Benicio, Nophelia, Dominic, Carlo, all these babies, Ruby and Lake, all these babies, they're our babies, and they deserve a tomorrow in which the earth is still alive and breathing. They deserve a tomorrow in which there are no more hungry bellies. They deserve a tomorrow in which racism is something we say, what, was there ever a time when we didn't love everybody? You've got to be kidding. When was that? They deserve a time when no one's wondering about LGBTQ justice because it just is. They deserve a culture in which they feel safe and loved and welcome. This is our work. This is what it means to be a love revolution. This is what it means to remember the future. The future God promises us, where everybody has enough. So Rio and RJ want to give you a blessing with Auntie Jackie to say never feel daunted by the world's crazy. Know that we've got every good gift and enough love to heal it all, to make it well, to bring the future to bring. Say amen with me. Amen. 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 amen.